Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, welcome to the show. Hope you well. UK's Eurovision 2023 act unveiled as May Muller. So the bookie's favourite was Birdie as late as yesterday. And because uh, they were talking about it yesterday and we were talking about the fact they were talking about it and they made uh, Birdie their favourite, I thought it was a few weeks off yet. I didn't realise, you know, it was going to be... So it was announced last night, presumably. Um, tickets sold out, didn't they, for all the nine shows in 36 minutes? People love a bit of Eurovision. I didn't realise there were nine live shows. I don't know if there have always been nine live shows. There are six preview shows. There are two semi-finals. Then there's the final. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about almost, doesn't it? Yep. It really does for once. For once. Unbelievable. Um, so, no, it's it's May Muller. And everybody thought it was going to be Birdie, but no, we were wrong. This is May Muller. Instead, I wrote a song about how you did me wrong. It's got a touch of the Robbie Williams is about it, that. You oh, know. and a little bit of the Miley Cyruses. No, well, it's about writing It's it's about writing a song and the writing of the song is it. Because do you remember when Robbie says, and now the middle eight, or take it to the bridge? Do you remember he says that? Mind you, I suppose James Brown said it as well. Yeah. It's good enough for James Brown, good enough for Robbie Williams, and now good enough for May Muller. What do you think of this song? <laughs> Uh, and so what do you think about that song doesn't matter absolutely relevant it's just going to be a right poot isn't it of course it is. Very Eurovision. It's very, it is very Eurovision. It's very Eurovision. It's sort of like, it has that sort of, it's like a conveyor belt. It just carries on, doesn't it? Yeah. You could send it, when it just, can you end it now? Okay, we'll end it. Yeah. Or we could carry on for the rest of you. Or they're the best Eurovision songs, aren't they? The ones that just like, they're just there for, they're just, you know, there's no beginning, there's no middle, really, there's no end. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, I don't know, I don't know. That's why the Portuguese winner was so, um, so sort of, um, Extraordinary because it was a proper song. <laughs> Do you remember? No. <laughs> Do you not remember the Portuguese no. song? Oh, let's play the Portuguese song. Let's play a bit of the Portuguese song. Sandbanks becomes world's most expensive place to live as one bungalow fetches thirteen and a half million pounds. And so, how come it now qualifies as the most expensive place to live? Well, it does from a, uh, a, pr- a pound or a you know a price per square footage point of view because that makes it four thousand six hundred forty pounds per square foot. Uh, beating the value of property in Monaco, Hong Kong and New York. The new owner is Tom Glanfield, the self-made multimillionaire, who started a recruitment business 20 years ago with a student loan. Well done, him. Mm. Recruitment does very well, doesn't it? Really, I mean, it's big business recruitment. You know, often over the years with our auctions, lots of winning bidders have had recruitment um, companies. So it's it's, it's a thing. Mm. So £4,000 a square foot for, for sandbanks. 4600 600 Yeah, nearly what, five. What's the national av- average, I wonder, per square foot? I don't know. Let's not... Uh, do we need to get into that detail now? Well, I just because to add, I mean, I don't... Oh. do you want to know what it is in Barnes? Yeah, come on. No, what is it? I don't yeah. want to know. Are you, are you putting your house on the market? No, just national <laughs> average per square foot. Because otherwise, <laughs> four thousand pounds that doesn't really mean it. Because I mean, that sounds a lot. <laughs> it is but, a lot. It's, well, more it's the than most New in York. the world. It's <laughs> the most in the world. That's the story. 
Did you hear the story? Yes. Okay. Sandbank becomes world's most expensive place to live as one bungalow fetches more per square foot than any other property has in New York, um, Hong Kong, uh, where was the place? Monaco. Oh, so it is quite a lot because the average price... <laughs> This is this isn't a conversation Did you hear what Chris that said? needs confirming. But the average price per square foot in the UK yes. is two hundred and eighty-two pounds. Thank you. Uh, Border Collie with affinity for humans, not sheep, becomes UK's first Welsh ambulance therapy dog. Oh, look at the little doggy there. Welsh ambulance service has become the first in the UK to get a well-being and trauma therapy dog to help staff and volunteers who deal with traumatic and stressful experiences. Ten-year-old Border Collie Dill. So ten years old. I wonder what Dill's been doing for the last, you know, for. For, the, um, for those 10 years. Clearly not hurting sheep. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Been working as a search and rescue dog for the past six years with help. Um, will help people working in stressful roles. What a wonderful thing. Great story. Lovely story, that. It's only natural. David Attenborough is voted Britain's favourite TV presenter of all time. Number 10, Jimmy Carr. Interesting. I love Jimmy Carr. Uh, but you wouldn't have him down as the top 10 TV hosts of all time. I wouldn't, anyway. No. Uh, number nine, Les Dawson. Yeah. Um, number eight, Anton Deck. Number seven, Claudia. <laughs> they don't get separate listings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also, how are they number eight? Yeah. And Claudia Winkleman's number seven. By the way, I love Claudia, but come on. Anton Deck below Claudia. Scylla Black, number six. Jon Snow, number five. This is preposterous. <laughs> it's, the crazy, it's the craziest top ten of all time. Uh, number four, Graham Norton. Number three, Sir Bruce. Number two, Sir Terry. Number one, Sir David. So you, it seems like you had to be ennobled to be in the top three yeah uh, i don't know i don't know who they, who they surveyed <laughs> was it in the pub after last orders <laughs> let's try and get a survey in the paper alan brazil last night after his four bottles <laughs> oh yes um alan brazil talk radio um cheltenham it's the festival next week they're gearing up they're in training <laughs> now it's going to be a marathon on the radio it's a marathon for many people who attend every day of um cheltenham cheltenham festival i once went to royal ascot for one day many of my friends Used to go every day. I don't know. I barely survived a day. And it was when I was on form, when I could sort of do it still, you know. Um, but I'm like, finish, wipe me out, finish. And, you know, and they went toe-to-toe toe -toe with me, for you know, as far as having a good time was concerned. Uh, but, of course, next week's a marathon. If we were running a marathon and it was the week before, we would be tapering, wouldn't we, Vassos? Yeah. We'd be putting our feet up. You know, apparently that's not the way you approach a Radio Cheltenham Festival marathon because they were all out completely giving it all the beans on all the sauce yesterday. What? <laughs> you can't even what? Sorry, what was, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> sort of speechless. Well, they're not. They're not. They should be this morning, yeah. but they're not. And I suppose I suppose they are gearing, you know, this is what it's going to be like, you know, I suppose it makes sense. They've got a great trail uh, for Cheltenham at the moment, the guys at Talk. Talk Sport Breakfast, live from the Cheltenham Festival. The Cheltenham races, here we come. Do-da, do-da. A four-day feast of fillies and fun. Do-da, do-da, day. Going to drink all night. Going to bet all day. Will I make it through the week? You'll find out on Friday. And Alan Brazil is off to the Cheltenham Festival. Talk Sport Breakfast, live, hopefully, and lubricated, definitely, from Cheltenham. Throughout the week. On Talk Sport. I mean, you know, from a well-being point of view, it doesn't sort of tick that many boxes, but from having a right laugh, mm. you know, if you're living for the moment, like the world might end, you know, not really, you know, as, even as late as tomorrow, just like in, an, in a minute, uh, then it sounds like it's not, a, it's not the, the worst strategy in the world. 
Um, it, we know it's survivable because that's how they do it every year. And Alan's been on the air for 21 years and he's one of the best broadcasters that radio has ever uh, transmitted. Without mm. question, by the way, I mean in the world. I listen I listen to broadcasters all over the world, you know, from Howard Stern, who uh, I've uh, been on his show, to, to Terry Wogan, who I work with and knew very well, um, you know, to, uh, to, to loads of people. Um, he's as good as it gets. Um, regardless of, of uh, how he may turn up the minute before his show, he's pretty much spot on whilst on his show. He really is. He really is. Mm. I mean, we just talked to him off the air. A shambles. He's a sh- <laughs> his show has been on the air since six. He came to see us at seven. He was shambolic when we had an exchange with him during your news bulletin. But the second he gets in the studio, something happens to the guy. So the second he gets behind the mic... I mean, this, this is a great trial. Talks for breakfast live from the Chelsea. You just want to be with us for a minute. Here we come, do da. I want to be on the bus. On the bus. If you stop fellas and fun, do da do da day. Going to drink all night. Going to bed all day. Will I make it through the week? You'll find out on Friday. And Alan Brazil is on to the Chelsea Festival. Throughout the week on Talk Sport. So yeah, when endorsing him drinking before the show. When the fun stops, stop. But you know, if the fun doesn't stop, then you don't need to stop. Um, I don't know we should, whether we should have played that trail once, let alone twice, because that sounds like the most fun breakfast show to listen to in the world. And we've just got the best <laughs> figures we've had for over a year this week. The streaming numbers are unbelievable. They're through the roof ever since Ken uh, left Radio 2. I mean, it's the Bruce fact. It's definitely, it's no, it can't be a coincidence. Um, it's got to be a reflection on Ken leaving Radio 2. Um, but next week, I think, why don't we just simulcast the breakfast show? Their bre- <laughs> it sounds like the most fun in Does the world. Does that mean we can go? To the get races. the trail back in. Let's get. <laughs> why are we taking it out? We, we is it, look. This trail is even working on Rachel, and that never happens. Talks for breakfast live from the Cheltenham yeah, Festival. Yeah, let's go. The races here we come. Do da do da. A full day feast of follies and fun. Do da do da day. Going to drink all night. Going to bed all day. Will I make it through the week? You'll find out on Friday. And Alan Brazil is. You want to go, don't you? To the Rachel wants to go. Talk sport, <laughs> this Hopefully, if you can swing Rachel with a trailer, she's unswingable. <laughs> you've just you've just achieved the impossible, Al, with that trail. <laughs> We'd get him on to talk about Cheltenham, but I think he, I don't think he, you know I think he would be shambolic on the show because he's not in his studio. He's fine. In our studio, sometimes he's fine. In the corridor, he's not fine. <laughs> and I think he, we may find him between his, you yeah. know, rock and a hard place. And he, you know, if he confuses our sh- our show for the corridor, then it's not. Nobody's going to win there. It's all going to end. Nobody's going <laughs> to. Maybe we should get him on from Cheltenham. Yeah. I think we need to go, don't we? We need to go. Yeah, maybe we just bring the Virgin breakfast radio show to and the talk radio breakfast show. Simulcast. Otherwise, we're gonna. You know, for, we don't want this to be the best week for our figures. You know, maybe even since we arrived, we don't know that yet. It could happen. The figures are great this week, unbelievable. Uh, we don't want next week to be our worst figures ever because we keep playing the darn trail. Talks for breakfast <laughs> live from the Cheltenham Festival. Come the on, Cheltenham it's great. All together now come. this time. Do-da, do-da. You know the words. Tune in, everyone. Do-da, do-da, do-da. Here we go. Going to drink all night. Going to bed all day. We're we'll like it through the week. You'll find, find out, out on Friday. Friday. And Alan <laughs> Brazil is on to the Cheltenham Festival. Talk sport breakfast live, hopefully, and lubricated definitely from Cheltenham.
throughout the week on Talk Sport. I mean, they're giving him a free pass to to, to not make the show. They're well, they live, hopefully. They well, are, I mean, that's the part. That's always been the intrigue of Alan's show. Will he be there? Will so he won't be there? How often has he not been there? If he isn't there. Um, that's that. Where is he? If he is there, does he realise he's there? That's always a good show. When he's on the air, but he does, has no idea he's on the air. And this is this is that's why he gets the big bucks. That's it. That's the deal. It's more often than you think. He just either misses the start or all of his show. And also, you know, <laughs> and, and they don't mind. They don't mind. They it's don't like, mind. It's like a first date. You Put know, an air tag on him. The more you are on your first date, the more you you know, the more enjoyable the relationship's going to be going forward if it does sustain any kind of um, sort of um, length of time. And Alan, you know, you get what you see. He's like that all the time. We know he is because we've been out for lunch with him. He's the best host. He's the he's the best raconteur um, you could you could have at your table. That's why he he does what he does, you know. And his kids love him. His wife loves him. The listeners love him. Bosses. Hmm. <laughs> I've got to say, um, we didn't talk about any things we said we were going to yesterday, and we're pretty much on the same vibe today. Uh, we were going to talk about urethral milking yesterday. We'll try and talk about it today. Heated wallpaper. We we're going to talk about that yesterday. We'll try and talk about it today. Um, Alex Horn. The injuries that Alex Horn has sustained after his first. It wasn't a professional wrestling bat, but it was in a professional arena in front of thousands of members of the paying public. At the O2, Alex actually wrestled for one minute. 49 seconds. 49 seconds, which takes some doing. Apparently, he, hold an, he held another human being aloft. He may have helicoptered them. I don't know if he slam dunked them. What do you do with a... You don't slam dunk them. That's a basketball. What do you do? There's a slam Throw thing. Throw down? No, yeah, that's, no, that's a pottery. Slam. That's pottery. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> they may have been putty in his hands, but they weren't clay. <laughs> Were they? Or maybe so they were. I don't know. There's a, there's anyway. There's a, he was he was very good. We could talk about that. A body slam. Body slam. Um, we could talk about the difference between surprise and suspense because what's going on with Jedward at the moment? Jedward are going for the Alfred Hitchcock um, uh, sort of um, what's the word surreptitious kind of promotion uh, strategy. Jedward keep contacting members of the team. Why are they doing it? I think they're building up to something. This is so, this is very Hitchcock-esque. Mm. But Hitchcock was a master of suspense, but also surprise. He's often cited and quoted as the master of suspense. But he also was the master of surprise. Because in, in many ways, you can't have one without the other. Okay, so Jedward are doing the same thing. They are, they are putting us in suspenders, and they may end up surprising us, or not. Um, so Sunday night, Monday morning, they sent this to Tilly, terrific Tilly, who worked on our show. Hey, Tilly Hughes. Oh, loving your vibes. Honestly, your scarf is such a vibe and your profile photo, really, really cool. So stage epic. Right, so that was that, which is quite, quite funny and interesting, but not intriguing. Well, it's a bit intriguing. But then it got much more intriguing because Monday night, Tuesday morning overnight, Jane, Aussie Jane, received this. Hi, Jane. Bobby is a legend. So happy that you both found each other. Loving the smiles, loving the auras. Like, honestly, what a cool second name, Cheese Man. Like, such a cool vibe. You could have been a singer. You could have been an actor. Jane Cheeseman wins the Oscar. Yeah. Loads of love from Jedward. They didn't think that one through. He lost his way there a bit. I don't know which one of Jedward that was. Um, pretty jepic at the beginning. But then, you and old Trump, you know, he just sort of run out of things to say. and thought, oh, I'll just say something that maybe cause a fuss. And he suggested that Jane could have been things. But she is a top-line radio person. Isn't she? Yes, she is. She's also it's like a superstar colleague. And an excellent puzzler. Excellent knitter. Mm -hmm. Excellent feeder of birds in her garden. 
Yeah. Excellent selector, um, buyer and champion of vintage clothing. And Especially many of, skirts with pockets. Yeah. Jedward coulda, shoulda, is. Mm. Thank you. Anyway, we'll forgive them that because we still like it. We're still intrigued. And um, then last night, between last night, um, Felix going to bed, who works on the show, fantastic Mr. Felix, Mr. Feelgood, and him getting up this morning, he received our third Jedward voice note. Hey, Felix, after the E to the L-I-X, it's that's good. Felix Word, they it's Jedward. Loving your sunglasses, very Elton John. Yeah. I dressed up as Elton John for Halloween. What about you? So we got that in common, that we're both rocking our vibes. Hey, maybe. Anyway, you're very, very tall, so I'm so happy that you're up there defying gravity, just like our quiffs. Anyway, have a jepic day. Keep rocking it, King. Very breathy. I like it. It's getting a little bit trampy. Got to be honest, you know. Is he, are they leaving these messages on their on their personal mobiles or on, like, social personal media? Mobiles. How have they got the phone numbers? Well, this is, it's all part of the mystery, isn't it? It's all part of the, the Hitchcock-esque suspense. So before we move on, the difference between suspense and surprise... And Hitchcock literally wrote the playbook on this. He wrote the screenplay and the playbook for this. So, uh, surprise is when a bomb goes off, okay, unexpectedly, and then for the next five seconds, five minutes, five hours, five years, five decades, you 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 sort of find out what happened as a consequence of the surprise. Mm-hmm. That's surprise from a cinematic point, from a storytelling point of view. Suspense is, and this is really good, according to Hitchcock, suspense is... When the audience knows something, the characters don't. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Oh yes, that's, that's like yeah. when you're going. Don't go into the house. They're yeah. in there. What? What are you? Why would you in this city? Obviously, suspense. don't go in. That's suspense. <laughs> okay. So what is Jedward? <laughs> now they know something we don't, right? So I don't know who's in suspenders, us or them. <laughs> um, however, momentarily. It remains unexplained. However, thanks to our friend Howard in Southampton and this text. You ready? Yep. Here we go. The Jedward voice note mystery is hilarious. I don't know if this helps us, Howard, but apparently they've left similar messages for people who work at Radio 1. Okay, well, that's the end of that. We're never playing it again. We're not going to be part of this sort of this, this web of, like, PR. You know, like, we, don't mind, we don't mind being um, the Patsies for a one-off Jedward, clever bit of PR. Hmm. But if they're just scattergunning all the stations to see who bites, we did bite, but we just let the hook go. Hmm. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Vasos, over to you. Our next guest, frankly, doesn't understand the phrase enough's enough. She performs award-winning comedy in languages she doesn't really speak. She runs more marathons than we've had hot dinners. And this summer, she's playing all 19 characters in Great Expectations at the Garrick Theatre in London. So please welcome the human equivalent of the Duracell bunny. It's Susie, Ezzy, Eddie Izzard. Oh, you nearly got there. You fell at the final fence. How are you, Susie, Eddie Izzard? 
I'm very good. I'm, I'm still Eddie Izzard, actually, but I've just thrown Susie in there as well. So some people call me Susie Izzard. Some people call... Actually, it's really in first name. Some people call me Susie. Some call me Eddie. My brother's staying with Eddie Izzard. There's got a number of people going, well, I'm staying with Eddie. And and so no one can make a mistake. Right. And prefer she, her, don't mind he, him. I'm gender fluid. It's it's You know, there's a lot of people, oh, what, what do I say? I can get it wrong. You can't get it wrong with me. That's the beautiful thing. That's nice. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. That's quite all right. Um, and uh, I've just got... I wanted to be when I was 10. I thought Susie, and uh, now I thought well, I, I actually went on. I went to the, to the Tribeca Film Festival. Yes, right. I haven't told anyone this, uh, um, except for my friends. But it's not a big deal. This story, but this is how it happened. I went to the Tribeca Film Festival. Got there. Got COVID on the first morning. I was going to celebrate Velvet Goldman, a film I did. You and McGregor many years ago. It was going to be great to see everyone, and then it didn't happen. And uh, and so they were phoning out. I'm stuck in a hotel, uh, a nice hotel. People very nice to me. Um, but there was one manager who was saying. Now, because my part, they have my passport now. Edward, because Edward John is our. This is why Susie Eddie is our. That, that's why I was putting it in that because that's what's going to be on my passport. Even though you choose one or the other, you don't have. To, it's not a double-barreled thing. But uh, they, they were saying, Edward, now what are you doing in the in the, in the hotel? I said, Well, I got COVID. I've told you. Yes, yes, but you're supposed to go. No, I'm still got COVID. You know that thing, COVID. It's still going around. And she kept calling me Edward, and I was going, I, I, Well, no one calls. Me. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought, Why don't I shove Susie on my passport? Mm. And then they they'll have to say, Now, Susie, what are you doing in the room? And I just thought that would be kind of fun. So that's what I did. It's yes, it's quite... I'm exhausted for you. So well, what's the protocol be behind putting Susie on your passport over well, Eddie on your passport? Well, that's the first name they're going to read off when I'm, next time I have... No, that's the reason, illness. but what's the protocol? Oh, the protocol. Uh, yeah. Oh, you have to fill in a million forms and do things and... Yeah. Um, and it's changing your gender, there's gender recognition thing, and that's a whole big argument that's going on at the moment right. in Scotland and Britain. But the actual name change, you can change by deed poll, I think, quite easily. You can call yourself Fitzwilliam Car Crash Potato <laughs> Elephant... <laughs> Which some people do, and that is, I think, by deed poll in all countries of the world, you can do this. Can't kind of call stuff. yourself Adolf. No, well, yeah, it's advisable not no, to. I don't think you can. I don't think you no. can. I don't. I don't. I, I always thought maybe it's Pabamo. I thought it was illegal. You literally can't call yourself. Yeah, he's ruined. Yeah, he's call yourself ruined Dolph, life. but not Adolf. Dolph, yeah, okay. Uh, Jesus, you can't. But Jesus, you can. Of course, you can. Um, not here, uh, Jesus. That is, I suppose. Uh, but so you're going to go out as Eddie. Yeah, I'm, Eddie, I'm, I'm just staying as Eddie. Is it? I'm staying. Right, everyone okay. can. Everyone. Okay. Thank you for the Susie Eddie. But that's like my passport name's going up on the screen, and so some people. My my friends are calling me Susie, some people are calling me Eddie, and that's kind of it. In the streets, um, it's whatever you want. You can't go wrong. That's what I'm trying to do. Is that it. where we are now? Is that, is that where we're going to end up? Or is, is... I don't know. I think so. Well, I do know that the younger generations are, are growing up, and they, when you're saying, I am, you know, are you this or are you that, this binary thing about sexuality or sex or gender or whatever it is, um, the younger generations are growing up saying, hey, cool, man, just just go with what you want, you know. Yeah. And I think the younger generations are going to sort it out for us by just being less hot and bothered about they it. They really are, in like in a million different ways, aren't yeah. they? And it's all changing, is it? Because, I mean, you know, you do sound very, like, you know, very much older than even maybe you actually are when you start talking about things like this. But I think it's a mistake to not talk about them. Um, and so... It's you know younger people are driving less, aren't they? They're just not bo they don't bother with car get, getting a driving test. 
Oh, really? Yeah, they, they, they're just not interested in passing the drive. It's not a thing for them anymore. Okay, so I'm not going to link those two together. No, go on. So where were you going to go with that? Well, I didn't know. I didn't know this thing. There's but, loads of stuff but, like that. But I mean, now. I think I think gender inclusiveness. I was going to go color inclusiveness and gender inclusiveness. In the future, I think young, I'm, I'm going to put the the card taking the test to one side. Yeah. But I would say that I think in the future, the younger generations are going to go. So you had a problem with people with different colors. Why was that? Yeah. So people had different skin colors. There was a problem. Take us through the logic of this. Yeah. Um, you had different, you know, problem with different people being gay, lesbian, straight. What, what was that? And they're just going to say, no, it's cool. And they already are doing that. Well, so been, I think that's, that's good. It was weaponized. It has been weaponized for other people's, for a few people's advantage, things like this over the millennia. Particularly more recently, in as much as, you know, I say recently in terms of the human species and the human race existing as Homo sapiens, because wasn't there a, an American president that was that was very much publicly gay in the eighteen hundreds? I had and nobody no, gave, nobody gave a monkeys. Quite right. Well, I mean, you know, back in the Greek times, it was it was all being gay. Was, I mean, Sparta, the Spartans, yes. they would encourage gay lovers to go to war because they would fight harder for each other. So when you was know. it weaponized then? Oh, well, was, you know, what, I, th I think the right wing got in there somewhere. It's usually the right wing. They come in and they weaponize. It's, it's putting fear into things and hatred and fear. That's their, their weapon. Unfortunately, hatred seems to work stronger in politics or easier in politics than love. And love must win in the end. Otherwise, we're not going to get through the century. Love always done, always wins in the end, doesn't well, it? Well, I hope, yes. Well, otherwise, uh, you we wouldn't be here now, would But we? sometimes it wins when a dictator right. who has the country round the neck, uh, has kidnapped the country, they, when they drop dead and then love comes back into it. But, you know, some people, you know, Franco died in his bed, Stalin died in his bed, um, you know, so some people get all the way through to there. I think Gaddafi was going that way. Yeah. Uh, Robert Mugabe, you know, you, you can look at a number of people who think, I'm just going to stay here forever. But love is ever-present, isn't it? And it's, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's what most of us practice. In the world, I, yes, I think. most live, and let live Treat other people as you like to be treated yourself. Yeah. The golden rule, which is in all the major religions. I'm not a religious person, but that part I totally go for. Well, if you're not depressed um, and you are just in a bit of a grunt one day and you, therefore you get grumpy with someone usually very close to you, usually your partner, it has to be said, or your children, or, you know, your dog, um, then you wake up the next day having had a, hopefully a good night's sleep or a better night's sleep and had some sort of rest reflection and um, uh, recuperation, and you wake up and you forget that you're in a grump and you went to bed in a grump with these people and you have to remember to go downstairs and be back in a grump again. That's how naturally um, how much, how naturally we defer to love and being in a good mood. Hang on, you have to remember to go back downstairs and be in a grump again. Yeah, you do, because otherwise... Well, you don't after a while, because as you get older, you realise it's pointless and it's fruitless. And but you, you mean you have to continue the grump on yeah, from last night? Yeah, of No, don't you go down and apologise for the grump? No, no, now I go, don't, don't go to bed in a grump. Oh, yes. That's well, the whole point. Well, isn't there, there's a, I think there's a saying about that. Yeah, go, don't, don't go to bed in a grump. Don't go to sleep in an argument, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, or something. Yes, try and, I, I do lose my temper, as everyone does, and then you try and... and People, I realise people around you are just sitting there watching you lose your temper. It's usually over plugs that don't work or think, I've charged this up. Why is the that's charge That's not losing to... your temper, that's frustration. No, well, yeah, I know. The big things I'm usually calm on, it's the small things I go, what the... <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. Um, I use those words, those, those no consonant words. Um, Briefly, thank you so much for how you were and what you brought to Carfest when you came to see us. Uh, it, was, it was great. I didn't you were quite wonderful. I, I didn't quite realise how you were doing it. But the fact that all the uh, profits go to charity, I think that's great. I just You're doing it, it's fun. You love cars. You like having, again. everyone having a party, having fun. And, yeah, it was it was a beautiful thing. I mean, we had some great talks. We did some Me great and talks. you just had a great and, talk. And uh, we, we've recorded them. And that podcast hasn't dropped yet, but we're going to drop it in a couple of weeks' time as a build-up towards the next Carfest. So thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank no you. Thank you. Right. 
Right, great expect. First of all, actually, so very briefly, Susie, because you just because I know you've talked about it a lot, but you you chose Susie because. Well, Susie Kendall in um, To Share With Love, Sydney Poitier film. It's a great film. Um, I like the name, I like the spelling, and um, <laughs> and and I thought yes, but well, I seem to be a boy because you loved Susie. Well, yeah, the name, the name in particular. And I mean, the character. Yeah, she's uh, she's an interesting character. It really was the name. Um, and uh, is I mean, that Lulu because Susie was more rare then? Because it was usually Susan. I'm not sure what it was. Or Sue. But yeah, it probably more Sue. There was more Sues around or Susans. But I sorry, Lulu. I, you mentioned it, Lulu. when yes, Lulu's in the film. Yeah, it's a great film. If anyone, it's an amazing you, you film. can you can download it right away if you want to. Sydney Poitier just ex an excellent form, and um, it's it makes you cry at the end and. Yeah, it's just a wonderful film. So that that came into my head, and I thought, well, that's not going to happen. And then when my I came out, as you know, it's thirty eight years ago before <laughs> everything happened, and so nineteen eighty five, and and Eddie is a, was became my name, my brand name, brand name. I don't want to call it brand name, but it, you know, it is the name that people associate with me. So I didn't want to go away from that, and I am gender fluid, and I have been open about this for so long, and I knew this when I was five. Well, I knew that I was a little bit different when I was five, so I just decided to talk about it. Be honest. This kind of thing in a world of Donald Trump and Boris Johnson of just lying, lying, lying until their pants caught on fire. I just thought back in '85, why don't I tell the truth about this? Even though it was very toxic at that time yeah. to say you were trans, it was just incredibly toxic. But um, now, it, even though there's a lot of discussion, there were no discussions back then, yeah. so it's cooler now. And uh, so, yeah, I just exist, and people, and that some people will be transphobic to me, but most people are very cool and groovy. Of course they are, because most people are like that. Yeah. Thank God. Um, right, so Great Expectations. Yeah. You, you're one of the cleverest people I've met. You don't need to comment on that, because you probably will say something silly about it. I'm not going to comment on that. But you really are. Eddie Susie is one of the most clever people I've ever met. Comedy is so clever, it's so gentle, it's so childlike. In order to, to do things that are so sophisticated and complex and complicated, you have to be very clever at the middle of it all. And they, they all, people like Eddie do all the heavy lifting for us and they just get on a silver platter, here's something really funny. You're going to literally laugh to your side split. It is unbelievable, it's amazing. However, uh, speaking to your run of great expectations, which you're on to talk about, which you will do now, um, you didn't read much as a kid. No, I had a dyslexic kid. I didn't know that at the time. Um, so where, where does the intelligence and the knowledge come from for somebody who finds reading a real challenge? Well, as you will know, or your sense, if you haven't really got into an analysis of it, intelligence is being able to read, not being able to read, isn't the thing of intelligence. They now think there are about seven, nine in different types of intelligence, musical intelligence, spatial intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, and um, so I did have quite a good academic intelligence, but my handwriting was all over the place. My spelling was phonetic. The games of I Spy when, with the Izzard family went on forever. Uh, ceiling with an S, carpet with a K. <laughs> Um, why not with a K? Why... so fun, man. Well, it just went on forever. I, I'm not a fan of spelling. I've always, been, I've always said that. Well, then maybe you're just a lot of creative people, I think, are dyslexic because we tend to think sideways rather than straight up and down. And I'm kind of high function. I'm severely atypically dyslexic. So I didn't read books, didn't want to read books. Occasionally I did. But now audiobooks, I inhaled audiobooks yeah, now. Um, but then I realised I hadn't read a great work of... of uh, 
uh, of literature ever. Mm. And then I thought, and then I also added to that fact the idea that the audiobooks were on the rise. So maybe an audiobook company would, would pay me to read a book. That's what happened. And um, Wildfire did this, and so they said, and they, I have, I'm 150 years to the day younger than Dickens. 7th of February, 1812, 7th of February, 1962. So I, I used this link with Dickens. Hey, I'm linked with Dickens, 150 years younger than him. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. I was going to say, what does that mean, 150 years younger than him? It, well, if I was a hun- if I was exactly 100 yes. years younger, then that you go, ooh, you go, ooh, you make that noise. But 150 years, you go, oh. <laughs> 147 years, you go, uh, uh, but I'm in the ooh, and I've decided to run with it. I don't think it means anything. Is but it I, actually mathematically correct as well? Yeah, 7th of February, 1812, 7th of February, 1962. Nice, nice. Exactly to the day. Love it. Um, and and he interestingly wanted to be an actor first and became a writer mm. and then did a lot of performing. He performed his own works at the end. I know. And I want to be the writer, which I, which takes me so long to write the stuff out that's in my head. That anyway, but I've done more more of the acting. So anyway, I r- decided to go with that. They said we'll do Great Expectations. So that came a suggestion from them. And the audiobook is now out there for people to download at their pleasure. It is the whole the whole majesty of over twenty hours of book. And then I thought because I do play lots of multiple characters on stage, you've seen me do, and that technique comes from Richard Pryor, I could use that technique I'm using in the comedy to do drama. So why don't I do Great Expectations, a live version of it? Now, my older brother, Mark, uh, who I've worked with on the translation things, he's good at French, German, and Spanish, so when I do shows in those languages, he translates them. And um, I said, let's do the adaptation together. But he just ran away with it and said, I've done Act 1, I've done Act 2 now. And so I said, right, Mark, you go and you do the whole thing. He's done the whole thing. And we got it on its feet and launched it in New York... Uh, about uh, in December, and they loved it. They just rave reviews. So there's adaptation, um, there's characterization, and there's abridgment as well. Well, yes, it's uh, cut down from 20 hours to, to yeah, two hours. that's the really difficult yeah, bit. Yeah, it is, because you've got to take out 90% of the book. Yeah. Say, can, you, can you do that? How dare you? Well, well, David Lean did it with no, his no. film. And it no is allowed. No one's going to sit and watch a 20-hour <laughs> film. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but David Lean's film is the benchmark with John Mills, and that uh, comes in at two hours. So we're sort of exactly matching him. And, um, yeah, people, people are, and it's me playing 19 of the characters. From, um, if, you, if people don't know the characters, or if they do, it's, it's from uh, Small Pip up to Magwitch, the, 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 the villain of the piece. Well, he's, no, he's not the villain of the piece. He is a villain. And Miss Havisham, famous Miss Havisham and Estella, the gorgeous Estella. So I play them all. So, and being trans, playing boys and girls, men and women, it's, it's kind of a nice, it fits well. And, and yeah, the New Yorkers just gave it a huge... I uh, bet they did. Salute. I bet they did. I can't believe you're on to plug it because I can't believe it's inside that. It probably is. Eddie no, is we, a... we have not. We launch after you. When your programme... When I finish with you at 10... In 10 when you minutes, finish with me. Then Eddie is... Well, this interview. <laughs> Eddie is at greatexpectations.com. That's where the tickets all right. will open in t- 11, 12 okay, minutes. OK, I'm, cu- I'm coming to this. I have got, we've got to come to this. Eddie is our performance. Charles Dickens, Great Expectations at London's Garrick Theatre. OK, and you need to go to... To GarrickTheatre.co.uk or no, uh, Eddie is our great expectations.com. Okay, I think I think they might have a link there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You'll find it. Um, Eddie Izzard, um great expectations. Uh, tickets gone sale at ten o'clock. Uh, are you hoping to? Oh, of course, you're hoping to sell out. Are you expecting to sell out? Wrong question. Do you think you'll sell out? We sold out in New York, and we and how we, quickly? Um, not a me- People weren't quite sure what I was doing. Because it's, it's 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 a little odd. I actually talk to my, you know, I I play characters. But and you've I turn always around. done a bit of that anyway. Done, yes, well, yeah. you know that, but a lot yeah. of other people didn't know, yeah, so they yeah. weren't quite sure what they were they were getting their um, they were getting their, their eyes around. 
but it went so well. We extended three. We extended before we opened. Let's put it that way. That must be nice. And um, yeah, so the Garrick Theatre. We'll see how. And I've already previewed it around um, uh, United Kingdom, and people seem to love it. So of course they love it. Um, if you had to pick a character that, because of how you do it and how you inhabit that character and how you enjoy it and how it comes across and how it lands with the audience, uh, gives the top. Give us the top three from the nineteen. Well, it's Pip, Estella, and probably Magwitch. Okay, which one requires a little bit more work <laughs> out of the well, 19? Well, no, Pip is me. I play the, the me of Pip or the Pip of me. Right. Um, um, Estella is interesting because she's so beautiful and so cold. Um, and as a young kid, I sort of wanted to be being a pretty girl. That would have been really nice to me. So I can play that drop-dead gorgeous and not having the control over Pip right. and anyone. Um, that's very in- interesting to play. And Magwitch is just there, you know, playing this villain who is not quite what you think he is. And <laughs> you have so to change good. it from, so from this to Estella's here. And then Miss Havisham is... Miss Havisham... Trying to separate Estella and Miss Havisham as one person playing. That's the interesting thing, trying to physicalise them differently and to get a vocal place uh, in the higher registers without going into that... Oh, I bet yes, you get it wrong Monty. sometimes and I bet you... No. corpse on stage don't no, you no no because no. I've seen you do that before so you're like where was I oh my god I've lost my, I've no, lost my I own have, I have made mistakes and sometimes things gone wrong sometimes people I've had to stop because people in the audience just having a tough time or coughing a bit and you just think are you okay just because you know just because it's, it's a post-covid time and you want to make sure everyone's okay but no I don't it's a drama there are some funny things in it this is Dickens but yeah. but um, it's very emotional and um you know, I've been doing dramas for 25 oh years. Oh, my so. goodness me. Um, now, I've seen about you a lot uh, in the last 24 hours because obviously you come on today. We've been talking about you coming all week. Thank you for being here. Um, and I thought about your confidence. And then I was thinking, do you know what? Confidence is a funny old thing. Is it confidence? Is Eddie confident or is he fearless? And it doesn't matter. It's just a point of conversation. We're just having a chat. So let's talk about this on the radio. I think you're probably more fearless than confident. And if you are fearless, you don't need to be. Discuss. No, well, it's, I'm entrepreneurial with my confidence. Okay. That's the weird thing. And it, all, it does actually track back to coming out. You mentioned back in 85. You remember back in 1985. It wasn't the grooviest time. Not and so it's middle of the Thatcher years. And I'm just saying, right, I'm going to throw on a dress. I don't know how to do makeup, but here's have a go at this and see how what what do I deal with when people give me grief in the streets and I got through that even though did people did give me grief and I said this when I talked to you at Carfest I gave them grief back you know just verbal this was verbal grief sometimes people fought me and I would stand and I will always stand my ground and fight and um and that it's got to give you confidence it's the sort of Arthurian knight's quest that any LGBT LGBTQ person has to go through just standing your ground and saying I'm here and I'm not going back and not going backwards or going back and um, and so that if you do that the more you do that the more confident you get it's not a perfect system doesn't always work out perfectly but I have built my confidence and if I've then I started doing um, street performing at Covent Garden for four years and I lost all my confidence there for performing and then I rebuilt it as I got slightly better then I had more confidence there and then I put it into stand-up I had no ability at stand-up initially then you saw the early days and I gradually got more nuanced and better you know and I could do the jokes and then I could do talk about other things and human sacrifice why did we ever come up with human sacrifice what a crazy (laughs) human idea we did do this you know and and now I could talk about in my early days I couldn't talk about human sacrifice because what it's just such a it's a hard hellish subject it's one of the few things in humanity that we've done and we've pushed to one side and said let's not go there again right even though donald trump's probably it's probably on his a list of his things to do um so i anyway i'm talking about confidence here so it's it's basically i get confidence in one thing and i try let's try something else 
that, and I'm not. Tr- I'm. It's all a list of things that I want to do, as opposed to I'm not saying let's run up a mountain, then go and eat, you know, a, a car or something. I'm you're not doing crazy things. I am doing things which are kind of positive. Running the marathons, you know, it does help. And you know, the running thing, it's good for oneself and it helps raise money. And performing in different languages helps make connections rather than break. Connections. Yeah, and you find yourself so another part of yourself when you're running, don't you? Yes, you you go into a place. Well, I go back to the child that used to, I used to like running around as a kid, and I remember when I was in South Africa and I was running the twenty seven marathons there. Um, every morning when I get up, more and more as I walk down the the passages of this the sort of small hotel that we were staying in, I was thinking, I'm going, I'm 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 an athlete, I'm an athlete, I'm going off to run another marathon. This I I changed my mindset back to when I was a kid playing in the first team playing football which I loved. I just live for playing football. So, I mean, talk about living life. You know, they say the meaning of life, you know, many things, but one of the greatest definitions is the meaning of life is to live it, you know, and live it as if you're alive. I've, I've got another version of that. I think that is absolutely true. One life, live it well. And the, the, I think, the, what is the meaning of life? I, I unfortunately think there is no meaning of life, but some of us put meaning into life and some people, unfortunately, take it out of life. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Richard Feynman says, you know, um, the, the meaning of life is to find meaning in a, a supposedly, presumably a, a meaningless universe. So the, the universe is fascinating, it's, it's brilliant, it's genius, yeah. but it is meaningless unless you give it something. I, I feel that is. Some of us put meaning into life, and that's why World War II, which some people say was a special generation, and Max, ha- I, I agree with Max Hastings what he said on this, there, there were... It, it, Certain the special people in each generation come to the fore in each crisis. Like in COVID times, there were some wonderfully special people who did amazing things, and some people were selling drugs that were fake drugs and doing horrible things. Yeah. So, so you know, Donald Trump was completely useless in that entire time. There were some people who come to the fore in all crises, and some people who become worse and worse. And so. Um, I just hope there's more goodwill than ill will in the world. I think there is. No, there is. I think there there is. There's a million percent more. Yeah. You know. And I've played 45 countries now. I want to go and play. You know, it's 196, I think, in the in the whole world. What so. else do you want to do? Come on, uh, politics. Uh, yeah, let's... you know that. I'm going to keep going until I become an MP. So yeah, that's just. And you have to do all this because when you become an MP, like Glenda Jackson did. Yeah. Um, you know, because she, when she became an MP, we thought, well, that's cool. Uh, she's very famous. She's a brilliant actress. She clearly has some values. You either agree with them or don't. Uh, she seems quite steely as a person, but you don't know. But she seems to come across like that when she interviewed on Parking and things. But then she actually she did become a proper MP. She gave up everything and she went to a surgery every day and she was in the local community every day in a constituency. So if that happens to you, you yep. will be as committed to it as I presume she was, if yep. not more. And therefore, you have to pack all this in while you still can in case put, that happens. Put in. To hibernation, yeah. Right. Okay. And then come back just like she did. You can come back afterwards. So timeline-wise, where are we with that? Uh, now, next generation, uh, next general election. I'd like to get in. I, I just tried in Sheffield. The wonderful people of Sheffield. I do like. Still love the people of Sheffield. I, I got, came second in that selection. It wasn't an election, but selecting the next candidate. And uh, Abby Mohammed is going to do a fantastic job. She was selected, and she was born in Yemen. I was born in Yemen. So first and second were two right. kids born in Yemen, which I think is kind of crazy and beautiful. Because um, Yemen has such a tough time, and we work hard to try and make that better. But I just got to keep going and try to get a seat. Um, and uh, you know me, kind of relentless. And where's that? So what, what's the um, what's the game plan for that? So so next election, hopefully, yep. you get in, you stand, and you get elected. Yep. And then what happens from there? Um, well, just try and do as much good politics to help people in your constituency, your area, your country. I get that, yeah. but for how long? Oh, as. Uh, can't really say at this point. 
But you do, know. You have, do you have a? You don't have to tell me, but do you have an idea? But yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be at least a decade. You know, you you, you can't go. You can't do it. I go over two years, and I'll sort everything out. That's not going to. Okay, to but be uh, okay, but there is obviously um, there is a, a, a route map in within that. Within my head, there is a there is a time thing. I have to go away for some period of time. But you could become a minister. You could become part of the co- the government, the cabinet, things like that. Do you it's, have it? Yeah, I I just want to do as much as I can. I have energy. I have analysis. I have. You have amazing communication skills. I can communicate. Um, I think I have emotional intelligence. I can analyze systems and work out. You, that's what you have to do. Is you have to analyze systems, saying what do we keep and that seems to be working well. So let's keep that. But that does not seem to be working. Or that half of this system is not quite. Working. Working. Let's sort that out. Make that better. Slightly more than an MP one day. Uh, we will. We will see. But yes, I'm. I'm be happy to be a, a minister and and, uh, and help and and fight for uh, my party and my country. And you're sixty one. Sixty one, uh, which is the new thirty and a half. <laughs> you just cut your age in two. H- how old are you in your head? I'm twenty two in my head. In fact. Oh gosh, I don't know. Well, I, I'm ageless because I am fifty six, nearly fifty seven. Um, I would like to say I feel 37, which was my favourite age of all time for so right. many reasons, uh, but I don't feel 37. I, I, I don't know what I feel, no, to be honest. Forget the body and the thing, but ha- in the I, head. I, I'm, I just, 20, I'm 22. I stay 22. I feel bomb-proof, that's for sure, if you forget the body. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, keep doing things. And good to keep dementia away. Keep learning languages, doing Sudoku. Crosswords. Oh, sorry, uh, crosswords, that kind of thing. Chatting to your friends. Yeah, and, and keeping the mind... And trying things which are very different, like doing a drama on stage or one person... Uh, drama is, is tricky. You've got to, I've got to learn, what's it, 15,000 words, I think I have to... Well, you've learned them. Inhale them, yes, inhale Thank them. God. And make sure that... I... How do you pace yourself through that? Because the thing about running marathons that I learned from that man over there, Vassos, is that you, if you compartmentalise literally step-by-step step your life, you can achieve unbelievable things. Well-being is made up of small steps, but is no small thing. Success is the same. Magnificent things are the same. Mother Teresa said you can't do great things, but you can do simple things with great attention. You know, um, in a two-hour thing like the great expectations that you, you're putting on at the Garrick Theatre. Um, do you have to pace yourself through that? I have to feel the pace. The more I, I did the show, performed the show, and, and got it on its feet through previews into the performances, you can get a, an overall uh, objective view of, of how the entire piece is going so that this because initially I was just trying to say I get through the scene and what is the next scene oh it's that yeah that follows on from that because I have no one on the book helping me I'm, I'm just completely without a safety net on that um, but now I have a complete macro sense of how the story is so I feel I know how to drive it forward or to pull back on it earn earn the pauses if, if you're going to take time over a certain scene when Pip is dis- declaring his love to Estella you have to take your time over that certain places you have to slow right down and then take the pace right up is again. that gorgeous when you do that uh, when I get it right it feels it, gorgeous I'm, there's no one in the room I'm just falling apart well you there, closed your eyes for the first time in the chat then when, well, you, when you're thinking about yeah, it, yeah, well, I'm back on the stage. Yeah, I it's, love it's, it. It's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing. One person shows have, have been happening for some time, but the way I'm doing it, it's slightly odd, and it comes from Richard Pryor's technique, which I saw him do in Richard Pryor Live, and I said I'll do that, and I, I thought all stand-ups do it, but actually, quite a lot of stand-ups don't, don't do, do it. it. But if if you are a stand-up out there, try it because. It's in. It works. And God bless all stand-ups. Crazy job, crazy job. And you can only do it by f- flying hours. Yeah, isn't it? You yeah. have to rack up those flying hours. It is, and you can't rehearse. And yet, like a band, you can get together. Okay, we'll take that one again, and another rehearsal on that. There's no rehearsal for stand-ups. We're, we're way over time. I thought it was five two. It's one minute past. <laughs> we're in. We're in. We're now in somebody else's show. How's that? Oh really? <laughs> yes. Tickets can now be bought on my site. Yes. Okay, give us the um, the URL again. Eddieisourgreatexpectations.com. 
Eddie, Susie, Susie, Eddie, I love you so much. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I've known you for some time now, haven't I? Yeah, it's yeah, all right, it's isn't great, it? Yeah. yeah, it's like we're friends almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Good to see you again. Good to see you.